Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. for the grace of God go I. It sounds biblical. It's not found explicitly in scripture, although the main theme is certainly consistent with biblical values. It's said from a posture of looking at someone else's sins or faults, and it stands as a warning against self-righteousness or looking down on other people. I could fall into these same things if I'm not careful. Only God's grace is keeping me from making those same mistakes. That's the heart of the statement. There's a soberness to it. It's a wake-up call. Don't look down on someone else's sin because you could easily fall into those same sins. This attitude is important to remember as we continue to discuss God's judgment that we see happening throughout the book of Revelation. In last week's verses, we were looking at three groups that were lamenting the fall of Babylon. We continue looking at the second group today, the merchants who made their wealth through her as they continue their despair over Babylon's fall. Revelation chapter 18 verses 14 through 17 says, They will say the fruit you longed for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe! Woe to you, great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. In one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin. The merchants made their wealth through Babylon, which, as we have previously discussed, seems to be a stand-in for Rome in the book of Revelation. Rome was wealthy like the world had never seen before, but it's forecast that all of its wealth will not save it, that in one hour its doom would come. This doesn't mean that Rome literally fell in one hour. In truth, the Roman Empire declined over many years before it finally collapsed. But the language suggests that it was nonetheless surprising and unexpected that the once mighty world power would eventually be brought to her knees. There's an interesting aspect of God's judgment here, where the word says that the merchants who gained their wealth through Babylon will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They back away from the anger of God poured out on her, and they tremble as they witness it. These people are obviously not honoring God with their lives, but they seem to understand enough that they're shaking in their boots at the power that has been unleashed against the mighty city. And as we've discussed, this is an element of God's judgment. When God's fire comes against unrepentant sin, it comes to chasten and discipline to be certain. It comes to punish for injustice. It comes to display his awesome power. But it also comes to warn the rest of us. When we read of biblical judgments, our attitude should never be, well, they got what was coming to them, even if that is the case. Our attitude as we observe judgment here on earth, or as we imagine judgment to come in the future, or as we read of judgment in the Bible, our reaction should be to tremble ourselves. It should cause us to take a good look at ourselves, to see where we are in sin, To take note of the fact that we ourselves may bring God's discipline on ourselves if we don't turn from our own sin. The Bible says we reap what we sow, and therefore what are we sowing in our own lives? Take some time today to reflect on that. If judgment or discipline comes upon us as we reap the consequences of our actions, then where in our lives might we be setting ourselves up for such consequences? Is there anything that we need to acknowledge to God, any behavior that we need to change? 
Let's think about what we might change here, how we might change it, and then let's take a step, even if it's just a small one, to change for the better today.